0: Only when we act together will we have the courage to change our lives and the world around us. This is why community is such an important aspect of our human experience. Welcome to the Community Heroes podcast, where we celebrate and share the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Catherine Mann. On this show, we share the stories of people using their skills, experiences, businesses, and involvement through sporting clubs and service organisations to enrich the lives of those around them. Community is so much more than the town you live in. It's a group of people that care about each other and feel they belong together. They are the people that support you when you need it the most. They're the ones who share the same ideas interests and attributes that you do. Now let's hear from the heroes that are pioneering, changing and impacting their communities. Hello and thank you for joining us for the Community Heroes Show. Today I have an inspiring Inspiring young man, Adam Drake, from all the way from Darwin in Northern, in Northern Territory. Adam has 20 years of experience working with youth and has been involved in the fitness industry for over 15 years. He's also a trained actor and director. And in 2019, was nominated for Australian of the Year in Northern Territory for his work with young people. Adam is the founder of Balanced Choice. A program aimed at to educate at risk young males about the balance of the body, the mind and the spirit. The aim is to promote positive physical and mental activities to encourage young people to nourish their body, their mind and their soul, to make positive choices, to live their best life and achieve their goals. Balanced Choice works predominantly with young people in the youth justice space. They also f- facilitate personal development workshops based around team building and self-care to private organizations. I can't wait to hear more about this, Adam.
1: <laughs> welcome. Thanks, Catherine. <laughs> Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, you're most welcome. This is just fantastic. So <laughs> Yeah, so let tell me one how you got into this and what inspired you to start the Ballast Choice program.
1: That's a uh, yeah, it's a big place to start because I suppose it's been a life journey to get to where we are now. And uh, you know, my journey goes all the way from Lilydale in Victoria, where I was born, all the way through to living on the Gold Coast for years, then moving to Tennant Creek, and then ending up in Darwin. But Uh, I always say the defining moment for the work that I do, I suppose, apart from a lot of lived experience and struggling with my own stuff as a young guy in particular, is um, I used to regularly drive past uh, Dondale, which is up here in the Northern Territory, which had been in the media for a whole bunch of stuff over the years. You know, the the Royal Commission uh, was brought out a couple of years ago just because of what was happening in there. Um, there's a lot of sadness around the space. But every time I used to drive past Onda, I used to get this little whisper in my head and the whisper would say, you need to do something in there. And And I'd drive past it again the next day and it'd be like, you need to do something in there. And I just got to the point where I resigned myself to the fact I needed to do something. And so do something I did. And I applied everything that helped fix me along the way from my alcohol and all the things I was struggling with. And that is the theatre side of things, the fitness side of things, And I connected it all with Hope Theory, which is all part of the positive psychology movement in the 90s. And if you want to sum up Hope Theory really quickly, it's about setting goals and building agency in people so they can get to those goals. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's incredible.
0: (laughs) I love it. And so (laughs) with your acting and then also your fitness uh, experience, Mm. what, what does that look like in your program and how do you bring that together to for these children to be able to get the incredible value that they do?
1: Yeah, well, every space is different and every young person's different. So to assume that you're going to take the same recipe to the same kid is right out of left field and not going to work. So with my staff, I've got seven staff that are working with me and I talk to them about having an invisible bag next to you and you better have enough stuff in there to find connection (laughs) and so the theatre is all the games that I learned at university when I was doing my theatre degree at Griffith many years ago, Uh, the fitness side of things when I was doing my certificates in my fitness and just seeing how when you move the body it makes the brain feel better. Uh, When you attempt to do things that are really scary in theater like public speaking and getting up in front of people it's really scary but once you've tried it you sit down and you realize there's more strength within you so all of the things that helped build me into who i am as a 44 year old now um i've just put together to you know help some of the young crew i work with shortcut maybe some of the mistakes that i made and that they have made along the way but what happened was i realized it's not just for young kids we all need it we all need to have that ability to express ourselves to realize that we're worthy of a great life you know we've got to start to find what it is to like ourselves to look in the mirror and know that the person that's looking back at you that you love that person and that's hard to find for some people you know absolutely we've just we're going through COVID at the moment and Melbourne just about to go into lockdown again and You know, sometimes when you ask people to be locked down, they struggle to sit with themselves because when you are asked to go inside, you're actually asked to go inside and do the inside work. And if you're sitting at 40, 50, 60, and you haven't done what you feel your purpose is in life, that's a horrible place to hang out.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's a really good insight into the longevity of what it is that you're instilling in these kids and what they they can take away from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I and just regularly...
0: Oh, sorry. No, you're right. You go.
1: <laughs> oh, I just regularly tell the kids I love them, I'm proud of them. And, like, the kids who are in detention, and in some cases 10-year-old, 11-year-old, you know, um, to tell a kid that you're proud of them, that you love them, that you think they're doing great... You need to hear that. You need influential adults who have built a relationship with you and given you a safe place to be okay and then tap them on the head and say, oh, I'm so proud of you. And they love it. And I wanted that when I was a kid, you know. One of my favourite quotes is, um, be the person you needed when you were younger. And I just wanted a big brother who'd hang out with me, who'd take me to the gym, who'd have conversations that maybe my dad mightn't have with me that might be a bit risky or a bit scary or whatever for dad to have and i didn't have that older brother so i created that in myself for these kids so i go and hang out like the big brother who just wants to teach him how to smash out the push-ups the chin-ups and all that stuff but to be honest it's also to say it's all it's okay to cry it's okay to you know treat people with this respect and love but it's so important that you love yourself too and all that stuff
0: yeah, that's absolutely beautiful and such a necessary thing. And it's such a simple thing as well is just to stop, to listen, you know, to be able to use what energy, what tools that you have to mm-hmm. be able to create the connection and just to, yeah, see people, tell them that you hear them and just to give love to them. Yeah, that's just mm-hmm. a, a lesson that that will stay with them forever and you know you could all you can do is hope that they would go through into their adult life and pass that torch of flame along to other people yeah. as well
1: yeah passing torches ripple effects all those things we talk about you know, if we can really just help these kids realize that there's a great life to be had out there if they show kindness love care to each other um but you've no point talking about it unless you're actually delivering it first and so I've had to do a whole lot of work on who I am and my staff do regularly just to try and make sure we're the best versions of ourselves, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so for you with, you know, you touched on um, before with, yeah, alcoholism. That was actually a big turning point for you in your life, um, Mm. I believe, yeah, watched a, a video of you just yeah. earlier it was coming on and I was left in tears watching it and seeing <laughs> it. So yeah, thanks for that.
1: No, sure <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> but it was, it was a very raw and real, but it was, it was showing the full circle about how you um had your support person which at this in this story was your sister to come and give you love and the support with and get professional help and now you've actually gone back to that same place and deliver your services and help the people within that that organization as well
1: yeah yeah so the abandoned house which is a rehab up here in darwin they, I got admitted there about well, five and a half years ago. I'd already just started the business and it was almost like I was just self sabotaging myself with my drinking. It wasn't that I didn't have people around me who loved me or cared for me or whatever, but I was still dealing with my stuff. And I remember sitting under a tree in Cullum Bay here with a blue bag and a bottle of alcohol in it, just homeless, you know, by that point. I was meant to be somewhere else in Queensland starting a new job and I just, landed myself under the tree and I was drinking myself stupid. And you know, my sister ended up coming up because mum and dad were away and my sister came up from Melbourne and just uh, got me to go into that rehab. And when I was in that rehab, I did the 10-day detox and I spent time with every person that was in there and just listened to their stories of what was holding them back with their alcohol and the things that they'd done. And it was enough for me to get such a rude shock about where I could end up that I just said, I don't want to go down that pathway. And, you know, my daughter also asked me to stop drinking. And when your daughter asks you to stop drinking, it's serious business. And from that moment on, I just started to rebuild my life. And I picked up the phone only about three or four months ago now. I got that phone call from the rehab. They said, oh, is this Adam Drake? I said, yeah. They said, oh, look, we'd really love you to come and run your program. We really admired your program. And we'd love you to come in and run a session in here. I said, well, that's funny because I was actually in there as a client about five and a half years ago. And they were like, what? So they didn't even realize that I was there. And here it was going full circle. Now, when I sit with those guys and I go, I was here five and a half years ago. And you know what? I've got this beautiful business and life's amazing. Why not you? Why not your turn to love yourself and get yourself into a really successful life moving forward? And it opens the way for the most beautiful discussions. Um, And just, you know, when I was there, I knew love, care, and they they wrapped wrapped themselves around me and really supported me. So, yeah, there's a success in that, but I hope there's way more successes with the people that are in those houses now.
0: Yeah, that's it. And even just for you to be able to personally relate is just so much stronger than, you know, somebody who hasn't lived that experience.
1: Yeah, there's a big debate around lived experience because it's like I've got some younger staff who, uh, one guy in particular, he hasn't had much go on in his life. And here he is running balanced choice, going and sitting with kids who have had twice the troubles, triple the troubles he's had. But he still is able to relate because he's got such a beautiful uh, empathy, uh, way of listening and facilitation of workshop that he still does an amazing job. But to have lived experience, it's awesome. But don't go and collect one just because you think it's going to help you do the work. Right? <laughs> you don't, don't go it get it a, do a drug <laughs> habit just so you can go and teach other people how to
0: not have a drug habit. Yes, yeah, let's exactly. not be doing that. That's a, that's, a, that's <laughs> very good advice. Let's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I just yeah, said. You. Yeah, just go on the journey you're meant to go on. You know?
0: Yeah, beautiful. Now, with um the kids that you work with, what is some of the biggest driving factors and forces around you? You're doing the work that you do. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So uh, the one quote I said before: be the person you needed when you were younger, and the other one is: be the change you want to see in the world. And Gandhi said that is amazing. Um, and for me, that just When I moved to Darwin, even the Northern Territory, I saw the high incarceration rates of Aboriginal people and it's wrong. There's no other word for it. It's wrong. And I want to change that. And so the purpose for my life is to be an agent of change in that space. I don't want to see Dondale with 100%, 90% Aboriginal kids locked up. I don't want to see the adult prison up here at about 85% Aboriginal people locked up in holts here, the adult system. We've got to be better than that. And I feel like our country's never, ever really looked at the issues of why it is the way it is. We just tuck it away. We're too busy throwing people away. And the only way we stop throwing people away is when we go and stand alongside them so that they're humanised again and people actually stop disposing of people so my dream is that we'd actually look at the problem we've got here in Australia and address it properly like next week I'm going out to East Arnhem Land to go and sit on country in Gun, Yilpra, Darling Boy and Wonderboy and when I'm out on those homeland communities that are quite traditional in the way that they are I sit and I say it's like going to university because I learn so much stuff. Every Australian should have the opportunity to sit with First Nations people and learn and soak it up because we're too busy throwing people away when really they've got the source of information that we need for so many things.
0: Yeah, what an experience that will be!
1: Yeah, and I do it every couple of months. Really? That's incredible. And yeah my skin name up in community up there i've been adopted by a family and a guy called Jamaica. so my skin name is balang um and there's a story that goes with this i think that sums it all up for me and that was i was running one of my workshops in one of the communities up there and i just finished the workshop what i do is i run the fitness and the games and then we convert it into language so it stays in the community after i go handing on the information i've got here I was feeling super proud about the workshop I just facilitated. I thought it was all really fantastic. And then all of a sudden this little kid, a little tiny kid of about three years old, slowly comes up, taps me on the foot, like on the leg, and puts his arms up. And I'm like, oh. so I pick this kid up, put him on my knee, kid opens a book that he's got and he points to a snake and he says, Buppy, 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 and I'm like, Buppy? Snake, puppy, snake. So the word in Yongle Matar is puppy, snake. Then he points to the crocodile and he says, Baru, Baru, and I I look, Baru, crocodile, Baru, crocodile. And here I am being taught by a three-year-old. Now, I thought I was some amazing facilitator running this really cool workshop. I'll get over yourself, Adam. A three-year-old just taught this stuff. So open your ears and always learn and always have teachable moments,
0: That's it. And every person around us, we have the opportunity to learn from every person in every walk of life. <laughs> you know, we, we throw these moments away so quickly and so easily sometimes because of busyness and um, ego and just our own stuff, you know. They can't teach me. They still <laughs> eat from the dirt you know like yeah. but yeah. that the knowledge is at a whole different level and in a way that they incorporate the spirit of things so it becomes the, you know, the soul of the earth and they just have such an amazing way of sharing those stories too so that it, it does get passed along. As you said before, you know, what you do gets changed into communication so it gets passed along. And these people have been doing it since...
1: Yeah. 60,000 and the rest. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah pretty cool. much. <laughs> and, and we don't we don't listen well enough. We don't hear them well enough. And and we we put our own ideas and ideals onto yeah. what they should want. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah. and and we do it not just to the indigenous, but we do it to children as well and to older yeah. people. Like we, it's in every 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 facet. Yeah. So it's powerful
1: lessons well you know mother Teresa said it perfectly when she said sometimes we forget that we belong to each other yeah like if there's one thing that's true for me is that when you don't see us and them all of a sudden it makes a lot of sense so why did we start building us and them and when did we think that was such a good idea but just so we can hang out in our clique and make life better for our click, like, I'll get over yourself. You've got to be better than that. you know. So I just try to learn everywhere I go uh, and realise that I'm just learning like everybody else and that I can learn from the one-year-old and the 99-year-old, you know, because everyone can teach you something.
0: Just beautiful. Now, if someone else was wanting to get, you know, have the sort of similar experience as what you are of going onto country, how would they, you know, connect with people that were able to offer that opportunity?
1: Yeah, so people ask me about cultural immersion tours and things like that, which there are out there. You can get on and sign up for some of those. Uh, and with every possibility you go on one of those and learn a bunch of stuff. But... Uh, The way I share it with people is have a look in your own backyard before you start thinking grand plans of going everywhere else and find out whose land you're on. Like right now, I'm sitting on Larrakea land. Um, I know that I'm going up onto Yongle country soon. When I'm on down in Tennant Creek, I'm on Warramunga country. Like, know the name of the place. Go and sit in the cultural center and find out some stories. Go and spend time with some of the elders in your community. And a lot of people say, Oh, I don't, there's no Aboriginal people here in this place. I said, Are you sure about that? Are you really sure about that? Because I believe that you will find them if you look hard enough. So, yeah, start with your own place, you know, where you are right now and immerse yourself there. And then you'll earn the right to go out and you'll be taken out, not to be just given a cultural showbag. You'll actually go out and build relationships. Because for me, it's not like a one-hit wonder, I'm going to go out and I'm going to learn this, I'm going to get a skin name and I'm going to eat kangaroo stuff. Yeah, well, that's good. But I'm interested in what that lifetime relationship looks like and how can I bring as much as I can to the table for that community and offer anything I've got in an exchange for the amazing stuff that I get there.
0: That's beautiful. That is such great, great advice. I really love that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, I so, a lot of people in Sydney and Melbourne ask me all the time, how do I get involved? And it's like, just start <laughs> where you are.
0: And I think that's really important with everything as well, isn't it? Just start where you are. Start from your own lived experiences. Start from your own skills and you know, it's being opened, and you know, being curious and finding out the opportunities that are around you. Because you know, if you sort of think that up there, you're right. You're probably just not looking hard enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. We want to. We want to go long way away to make a difference. I don't quite get that. I actually think it starts at your local supermarket. Like this story I've got where I was down here at the local Woolworths, and um, there's this old guy who sits out the front. And I had a spare coffee in my car one day and I went up to him. I said, hey, mate, here's a coffee. He's like, what? I said, oh, here's a coffee. i just see you all the time. Here's a coffee. Oh, but no, no, it's okay. See you later. I walked off. Then the next, well, about two or three days later, I had a sports drink in the back of my car from one of the sessions I'd run. And I saw him there again. I said, oh, look, champ, here's a sports drink. I've got it in my coat. What do you mean? No, just have it. I just want you to have the drink if you want it. And so I left. The third day, he runs to my car and he's like, You keep giving me stuff. Let me tell you my name. And then he tells me his story, where he's from, the fact that he'd been locked up a few times in his life, that he's really trying to get on top of his life. Now, I earned his name and I earned his story just by seeing him with a few acts of kindness and bang, we're away, you know, like you don't have to go too far to find a place to be kind. <laughs>
0: you really don't. And something you said just then I th- that really kind of stood out for me, I thought, was really powerful. Is you earn people's names, you earn their stories. You know, we give. It's not just something that you know we people can give away that their true authentic in-depth vulnerable stories you know you earn the right for that and and that's not just going up and you know giving them some change and just going you know are you okay you know (laughs) as much as I love the fact that you know the are you okay day exists as a as a you know, as a starting point to yeah. actually really develop that connection and where you can understand and really get to know someone. It's mm. it's being able to earn that trust. And in sometimes it is, it's just by giving something and expecting nothing back.
1: That's it. Spot on, Catherine. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. No truer words have been spoken than that. And you know, I come from a theatre background where you play a lot of name games very early on in the workshop so you can memorise everyone's name. I stopped doing that about two years ago just in my own practice and people are like, but you don't know our names yet. I said, I'll get it when it's ready to stay in my head because otherwise it just becomes a memory game and next time I come back in, you know, I've got to play the memory game again. But what will happen in that workshop is there will be a moment with that person where I feel a connection. i say, hey, champion, what's your name? And there's this beautiful exchange and a bit of story and it stays in my head. So, yeah, I do like the idea now of not playing name games, just earning the name over time.
0: Yeah, that's such a unique and beautiful way of looking at it. I <laughs> yeah. love that. <clears throat> um, so, tell me a little bit about, you know, the kids that you work with and the value and um, some of the experiences that you've seen and the changes um, for for the ones that you interact with.
1: Oh, where do I start? I've got, you know, so many stories and I don't know which one to grab hold of. But the, the one that always comes to mind first is a kid who did me out of my job and I like it when I get my job passed on to somebody else because they've stepped up. And so in Dondale, back a, uh, about a year and a half ago now, I suppose, um, we had a big riot. The school got burnt down. Um, it was all over the news. Um, there was one young person during that riot who I'd been working with for about a year and a half, two years. And that young man didn't get caught up in the riot. He asked. Uh, the YJOs, the youth justice officers, as if he could be actually locked down back in his cell because he didn't want to get caught up in that behaviour. The next day, he helped clean up the block after, you know, the fire had ripped through. Uh, The judge allowed him release after that. And that young guy's about to start work with balance choice because he's turned his life around in that moment. Now, that young kid sitting in a youth detention facility in one moment just said, I want a different life. I'm going to choose a different pathway to the one that got me in here. Now that is hope theory. He chose that pathway and he's been on it ever since. And it's my job as the adult to support him. But how much more powerful is it when that kid goes back into Dondale and say, you know what, I used to be in here. Now let's smash some push-ups. Now let's do the quote of the day. And you know what, you can turn it around like I have like that, is way better than the 44-year-old with dreadlocks doing it because so I'm getting old and tired. <laughs> but
0: also it's you're helping him be able to be empowered and explore, you know, and build on his toolbox of, of tricks and, you know, his sports yeah. bag and yeah. using, it, using his experience just like you have within the rehab centre. 'Cause that's yeah. always going to be the most powerful place for you because you can relate so much and this is going to be his story and he's going to be able to help and touch so many other people. How uh, fierce uh, oh, is how fierce is the um is the culture up there for young people and the challenges they have with drugs and alcohol and domestic violence?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's the same. well, it's I see it everywhere. Like it's it's not like uh, the Northern Territory is the only place that's got it going on. Uh, but this is my backyard, so this is the one I'm trying to be a part of, seeing change in a real positive way. Look, I see kids who are getting locked up basically because of their habits. Yeah. Um, if I if there's one thing I could get rid of in this world, it's some of the drugs that are floating around our young people. Because they're going into psychotic states, you know, states of psychosis, and doing stuff that just you can't dream of. But when that kid comes off that, you still see that within that young person there is so much. There's a, there's a kid who needs love, care, and has all the the qualities of empathy and all those things. But we think as adults we need to start, you know, putting them on the front page of the newspaper and calling and this and that and the other. When did adults forget what they were like when they were kids? You know, like if the stuff that's on the streets now was around back in those days, you might understand it a bit better. So start realising that your job as an adult is actually to help guide these kids out of this stuff. Um, the culture that bothers me the most is the vigilante rubbish that just are adults behaving like kids, you know. The thing that blows me away is when adults, yeah, I always say when adults behave like adults, then kids can be kids. The problem is when adults start behaving like kids because then the whole thing gets thrown out and kids better have to step up and become the adult and the whole family system gets thrown out. But let's do a bit of research on what these kids have actually gone through from a young age to where they are. And, you know, there's another quote. I don't know it exactly, but it's something along the lines of, you know, everybody deserves a second, a third and a fourth chance because life is far too hard to get right the first time. And man that's true for me and for so many people I reckon.
0: Yeah, beautiful. It is. And we all need that you know that support system and network to be able to come back to because you know we do mess up. We make mistakes. We're humans and mm. everybody yeah, you know, these mistakes are also some of the biggest lessons and where we yeah. can create the biggest impacts from as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do with that mistake? That's what I'm interested in.
0: That's yeah. right. What lesson did you learn from that? Yeah. yeah, so rather than always looking at, oh, you know, you fucked it up there, you know, mm. you made that mistake, it's yeah. what did you take away from that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, rock bottom is a place where a lot of people have rebuilt their life, isn't
0: it? Absolutely. Mm. There's something else that, and it's in your in your name. So I know this is a sort of a strong word for you, and it's one that I really love that you sort of uh, you sort of focus on is choice. Yeah, yeah. How instrumental so, is that with um, you know being able to empower people to make the mm. choices?
1: Yeah, look, choice theory is uh, an amazing uh, theory that deserves to be researched and given a lot of attention to when it comes to this stuff because we are a product of our choices. So um, I I do a lot of work around, you know, future self. You want to be making choices that your future self is proud of. So if your future self of 10 years is looking at you right now, are they happy with the choice you just made? and that's the way I approach the work. Uh, and I'm only, yeah, you know, I look at, I just try to be mindful of my own life. I can't sit there with those kids. Oh, I always say to them, imagine if you get out of here and you see me at the traffic lights up here in Darwin and you see me punching on with somebody at the traffic lights over a road rage incident. You know what happens at that moment? I lose any credibility of anything I bring to you. So I better be sure that my actions match my words yeah and so i am just always trying to detoxify my life of the stuff that's holding me back from being the best i can be because how dare i ask these kids to step up and be the best versions of themselves unless i'm trying to live it and that comes down to the choices that they make on a daily basis and that's for all of us
0: yeah that's just awesome i love that and yeah. because it's not you're not trying to lead from that place of perfection because if we come from there we're never going to do anything it's that you know being who you are being open being vulnerable being authentic and and being able to help from that point and always know that you're we're working and doing what it is to do better yourself and that's a that's an important lesson to take away
1: Yeah, yeah. you know, when we think we have to, I think that's part of the problem with adults a lot of the time is we're pretending that we're perfect. We're pretending that we've got it all together. So we've created a culture that the young people look at us and realise they can't talk to us about their stuff because we're trying to be perfect. They can see straight through it. So just be authentic, be genuine. Tell people when you stuff up. It's okay. One of the most freeing moments for me is when I'm able to share my story the stuff that I've been through, the mistakes I've made. And it's just like a weight comes off you and you feel free to be able to be. Now, if you're free to be, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that is really cool. And just, you know, empowering them that, owning your mistakes owning your you know anything that you do wrong doesn't matter how big or small you're actually taking back that power whenever you justify it whenever you give you know blame it on somebody else oh it's not my fault you know such and such did it and I tripped on that stick you know know, it it, it happens in, in every walk of life in every place but whenever you try to justify it or make an excuse for it you're giving the power away and you're not taking Taking ownership of uh, of that experience as well, so if they can take that then into the workforce, they become better employees. You know, as parent, they will become better parents as they, you know, that their life journey leads to that possibly. So it's it's a massive ripple effect on on um, on what you're doing. And how have you seen your local area impact, um, change, and the dynamic? change with the work that you have been doing for the last 20 years
1: yeah well I suppose the work really in Darwin is yeah, you know, the balanced choice program has been for six years but the ripple effect of that like I'm seeing young people doing amazing work you know there's a girl that used to be locked up who now holds stop slow signs and she messages me all the time and tells me how proud she is that she's got this really cool job now um, I'm lucky enough to hold the babies of some of the kids who were locked up years ago when I first started with them. And I see that they're trying to be great parents. I've got a message the other day from a guy and he sent me the photos of his daughter. And we used to sit in his cell together and talk about what stage of the pregnancy his partner was at, what size, you know, the baby was at that point. Um, so what I'm seeing is I'm seeing lives change. Then I'm seeing people want to change other people's lives. Now, that's the work, uh, my business itself has grown from my, me doing it to seven people doing it. Uh, but I also have been lucky enough to see, you know, the youth justice officers in Dondale, who's got such a bad rap for the things that happened years ago, just do amazing work with these young people. The same over in the adult. Is. And so there's cultures changing all around me. Um, yeah, that's uh, how much of that you can put down to what we're doing with Balanced Choice. I can't claim all of that, but I do see positive change and I love it and it excites me. One thing I'd really love to see soon is we're coming up to an election here in the NT and, again, I start to hear the politicians bang on about, oh, we've got to be hard on crime and the young people and all this stuff. Jeez, I'd love it if they actually started to talk about the positives of our young people, some of the great changes, and actually just change the dialogue a bit and stop thinking you're going to win an election. By buying more police officers how about you actually get adults to step up and start doing a much better job than they currently are
0: yeah great uh, that w- and what a change that would be if we could incorporate that everywhere let's focus mm. on the positives not the negatives and and it is mm. sometimes it's just changing the approach and the and the dialogue around the words we say
1: uh some people say to me you know that uh, only only negative stories sell newspapers or bad news sells newspapers. And I always ask people when they ask me that, I say, have we ever tried it the other way? That's it. If we do, we haven't tried, you know, they just sort of,
0: they, they predict that they've said that and they believe that story. So, you know, this works. We'll just keep doing that.
1: Yeah. So let's try it the other way. Let's flip it on its head and start to celebrate people and celebrate life and where we're going and stop wrapping everybody around fear to control them and actually just start to care for people and empower each other. Uh, there's another quote I love. It, it says, be kind for people are fighting a battle you know nothing about. And that is nothing true. Uh, that is one of the most beautiful quotes I've ever heard because if we all did that, gee, we'd flip things, you know. Yeah, it is so, amazing. so true. Now, because I don't know what the next person, my next door neighbour is going through unless I bother to spend time with them. So Oh, geez, I'd want to actually be kind just to make sure they're okay.
0: <laughs> That's right. We get so stuck in our own selves and what's impacting us and the challenges that we're facing. It's, it's you know, you do forget to, to step back and go, oh, you know, that person that was yelling at me at the lights, wonder why they're so upset right now. Yeah. You know, I always sort of go, ah, oh, grandma's in hospital, you know. Could be true, could not be true. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but it's just by, you know, you're just having those little things that you tell yourself that just reminds you that other people are going through and experiencing things that you don't know, that you don't see, and you're not going to because you don't really get that, that time to, to converse and have a conversation around it.
1: Yeah. I, I always think, you know, if we actually put the shoes on of some of these kids and lived a few days in their shoes, we'd actually start to understand how really strong these kids are. Um, and that's why I find it easy to go in there and people go, oh, they're young criminals, they're bad, they're this, they're that. Oh, they're just kids. They need love, they need care. Yes, they've done some bad stuff. You know, my uh, my wife's cafe got broken into and it was by some of the young people that I worked with. And that broke my heart. This was back a couple of years ago. But I remember saying to myself, if, if those young kids, if I then went to you're a murray, you know, and jumped on the bandwagon, no, it was actually the true test of me was actually to go, I still love you, even though you've done that, I still love you, but, oh, jeez, I hope this is a teachable moment for you right now. And yeah. that was way more powerful than if I'd gone around there with a baseball bat going, come on, you little, you know, oh, come on, we're better than that.
0: Aren't we? That's it, because then you you know, responding in that way then has taught them how they can respond to challenging situations and they're faced with it too.
1: Mm,
0: Brilliant. So what are your hopes, dreams, aspirations for balanced choice and and continuing the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, look, we've just moved it down to South Australia. So I've sent a guy down there and there's one other guy going down in the next couple of months and we're expanding down to South Australia i'd like i'd like to be national with the program but ultimately i'd just love the kids that I work with to be taking it back to their communities um, getting each other fit inside and out which is what i say the program does uh, and looking after each other and being great adults and if we can build that into society then i'm excited to see where we are in 20 30 years time um, so that's my dream for it you know I'm comfortable Life's amazing I do a job that, I love, so it's actually, I don't do a day of work ever because I actually just love what I do. Uh, so, yeah, my dream is that, that the kids would take it and run with it and that I'd be able to sit back you know, in my rocking chair one day and watch them do that. I'd be so proud of them.
0: Yeah, that's I love that. That's really awesome. And I know just from your passion and just having this sort of conversation, but, you know, I've been following your story and what you do on social media and, you know you just create such an impact from a place of pure love and devotion and passion for the work that you do that it's infectious and and I could and I just hope that it gets taken up in and the programs like yours are running in every youth detention center and in every adult detention center for that matter
1: (laughs) so that and and uh, and nursing homes and hospitals and You know, the the people I'm most interested in working with are the ones who don't have a voice anymore. Yeah. And if we can bring bring voices back to people who are voiceless, that's what it's all about. I want to give megaphones to all the people who don't feel like they can speak Um, because we've bullied people for far too long. We've pushed people aside. We've thrown them away. So let's give them a megaphone and let them talk and tell their story because that's where we're going to really learn. Excellent.
0: Now, if people are wanting to get involved and learn a little bit more about you and your program and connect, what's the best way for people to get in touch?
1: Uh, you can jump on you know, any of the social medias, the LinkedIn, the Facebook, the, there's a website there. And look, just give me a call. Like I, you know, I do hear from people a little bit because people are interested in the work, but I've always got time to talk. And in uh, some cases, people have come up and watch the work and uh, then wanted to apply some of the things that I do into their work. And I'm not precious about the work and the IP of the work. People say, oh, you know, you might get stolen, your program might get taken away from you. Uh, look, if the world's doing more of the stuff that we're doing, then I'm wrapped that that's happening. So, yeah, you only have knowledge for a period of time and then, yeah, were usually, as we're passing away, if you haven't given it away to somebody else, it goes with you, so I don't want to hold on to it. It's not for me to hold on to. I got it from somebody else.
0: Yeah, excellent. All right, well, I'll definitely put your your website and your social tags uh, and links in the in the show notes so, so people can reach out. Thank you so much for coming on, Adam. I've really enjoyed uh, learning all about what the work that you do. I love it.
1: Ah, uh, Thanks for promoting it and also just for providing a space to have a chat.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> Most welcome. No. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more stories of awesome everyday people helping their communities, then make sure you subscribe to this show. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email at communityheroespodcast at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram just by searching Community Heroes Podcast. Also, you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn by searching Catherine Mahon. That's C-A-T-H-R-Y-N-M-A-H-O-N. I hope to hear from you soon.